Hello and welcome to Extra Credit, the podcast that connects you to what's happening in Hamilton County Schools and answers your most pressing questions. I'm your host, Cody Patterson, and today we continue our weekly summer series called Behind the Board. The goal of Behind the Board is for our listeners to get to know each member of the Hamilton County School Board. Today's guest is Joe Wingate, who serves as the Hamilton County School Board member from District 7 and also as board chairman. Joe, thanks for your time. Appreciate you being with us today. And how's your day been? What's something new going on in your world these days? New going on? Well, it's uh, the end of the semester here at Chattanooga State, so, you know, wrapping up grades and final exams and and, uh, trying to put a bow on it uh, on a very unusual school year. Well, I'm thinking from the district perspective, man, these last four weeks are a sprint. It's not even, you know, the marathon talk is over. We're just trying to get to that last day. We've got kids graduating. We've got proms going on, testing. So we certainly, we understand that. So as we get into this series, you know, behind the board, this is an opportunity for our listeners to get to know you outside of your role as a board member. So tell, tell our community folks who aren't as familiar with your background, you know, what do you do? Tell us about your family. What are some things you enjoy doing in your free time, if that's a thing for you? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's the running joke at our house. Not much of that right now. So uh, I am uh, an associate professor here at Chattanooga State of Exercise Science and Physical Education. Uh, been here for quite a while now. I've completed my 13th year and um, spent nine years also as assistant baseball coach uh, here, and, and uh, that's been a big part of, of what I do and, and uh, have done over my, over my career. 23-year educator, spent about a decade in the school system mm-hmm. coaching football and, and high school baseball. and. Um, you have three elementary age kids that are in the in the school system right now. A uh, son that's a fifth grader and twins that are third grade boy girl twins. So my wife teaches at UTC and professor of early childhood ed. So we we stay pretty busy. Mm-hmm. And and thinking about you know your history as an educator, obviously that's a, a key part of you as a board member, but. When did you decide to join the school board, and, and what really led you to make that commitment and decision? Yeah, well, I think I think it was uh, a confluence of a few things. Uh, one, here as uh, an assistant baseball coach and, and you know a teacher, I, I was tasked with uh, recruiting here, and that was a big part of my job. I was the main recruiter here for our baseball program and our athletic department, and we just were really struggling with being able to recruit uh, young men from this area. And, you know, we, this baseball program has been highly successful and, and uh, in the last 20 years or so. And, and we spent a lot of time recruiting young men from all over the world, frankly. Mm-hmm. Um, we had young men multiple from Australia and multiple Canadians and kids out of Miami and Dallas and, and, and the Atlanta area, and you know, we really struggled with the fact that we just weren't able to go get six, eight, ten young men from the Chattanooga area to come and be highly competitive on that type of, of, of scale in the classroom, along with um, the field. And so, that 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 kind of got my attention. And then in the in the fall of 2015, kind of the summer and fall of 2015, our oldest had started his educational journey, you know, and and was starting. I think he was in kindergarten at the time, and. And just not a lot good was going on with the Hamilton County School System. In the news a lot uh, for various various things, mm-hmm. and, and I just I was complaining. I just was, and and uh, complained a lot to my wife and to others, and and I was really I I just got kind of convicted. I was pointing fingers and blaming and making fun of, and 
and that, you know, why can't they get it together and, and sort of those types of things. And I've said this many times, and, and people that have heard me say this have heard it, but my wife really convicted me. You know, she, I was just, just ranting one day, and she just looked at me and said, look, what are you going to do about it? You know, you've, I, I'm tired of hearing you talk like this, you know, mm-hmm. and what are you going to do about it? And then it was like, whoa, you know, <laughs> you know, what are you going to do about it? And I didn't know what to do, to be honest. Uh, I really enjoy my job here. I enjoy higher ed. I enjoy, I have enjoyed coaching. And I thought, okay, you know, do I, am I supposed to go back to the school system and you know, try to make an impact there and, and as a teacher and a coach? And, you know, I, I just thought, man, that's not not really what I think I want to do or need to do. Anyway, long series of conversations with a lot of folks that I respect. And and they say, have you ever thought about school board? No, absolutely not. You know, no, no, I have zero have desire. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Is that yeah. the question right back, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so anyway, it just kind of came to that. It, it, and I'm going to tell you, it was a very, very, very difficult decision because uh, just, I just struggled with all parts of, of a political campaign. Mm-hmm. And, that, and that's the thing people need to realize. I think this loss is not just a position that you apply for and sign up. You got to run a campaign. Oh yeah. You got to run a legitimate political campaign to you know to an elected office. And the other thing too is you know all of a sudden you find yourself in a world that if you you don't have any experience with that you know I mean gosh campaign treasurers and and campaign managers mm-hmm. and wh- what do you mean raise money you know what are, what are we talking about holy cow it's going to cost that much you know and you know all those all those things and so. Uh, you know, it, it, that kind of got me there, and, and uh, you know, I um, am a Christian, a uh, strong believer, and, and I, I really felt like I don't need to do this unless I just have to, unless mm-hmm. there's just, I just don't see any other way, you know, and it just kept uh, being confirmed, you know, circumstances in my life and, and the people in my life, and and uh, at people to this day still ask me, you know, hey, what about the board? You know, what are you, you know, what's your time? And, and I always say, and I really feel this way, it's been very satisfying work. It's not a lot of fun. It's not a lot of fun. It's just not. I mean, you better be certain that you're passionate about seeing, you know, the school system uh, improve mm-hmm. and provide quality to, to the county or you're, you're going to be miserable because it's just not a lot of fun. I mean, it's just, you know, the stuff that you – you deal with in, in the minutia of things and the detail of things that sometimes uh in in the way that you know you're dealing with a lot of people and i got a neighbor who's really funny an older lady that said uh, she goes joe you know i really appreciate you what you're doing she said you guys anytime you get more than two people in a room you got trouble <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and so uh you know even even with the board members i think we got a great group but yeah you got nine people in a room you know and it's a it lot, just, lot it's, of different perspectives exactly and, and thinking about, you know, providing value and, and thinking about public education, especially since you're an educator, why, why is public education so important? Yeah, well, again, I, I've said it before, you know, it's just about trying to prepare our young people for the future, you know, whatever that may be. And, and I know at times, you know, everything cycles, but, you know, emphasis um, probably in the previous 20 years, overly so, was placed on, you know, post-secondary higher ed. Hey, go to, go to college, go to college, go to college, you know, got to go to college. And and uh, as, as educators, we've always known, hey, you know, not everybody's cut out for college, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Matter of fact, it's awesome. And, uh, and we, we don't need everybody going that direction, and we need folks. And we're seeing now with, you know, just the shortages of skilled labor that, um, you know, we've got to be able to prepare young people for what the future holds. And, and, and I'll tell you what, now more than ever, the future is even more unknown 
because of the rate of change in our world. You know, technology has just absolutely uh, put all of us on almost a hamster wheel of change, you mm-hmm. know. and uh, Yeah, I mean, we're not doing a behind-the-board newsletter. We're doing a behind-the-board <laughs> podcast, right? It's right. a great example of that. Yeah, yeah. so, you know, that makes that just makes it more challenging. You know, what does the future hold? What do these jobs, I, you know, I, I hear it said all the time, but we're preparing our children for many times jobs that haven't been created yet, mm-hmm. you know, so. Well, and that perspective aligns really well with the conversation about, I think the theme since I've been here the last several months is future ready. Mm-hmm. And that's a much better fit for all different types of learners and students as opposed to, you know, only you're only going to go to college because, you know, success looks different for everybody and, and so does satisfaction. So going back to your, your comments about board life, so give people an idea, you know, Joe Wingate's wake, waking up and what's an average day in the board member life like as far as people communicating with you preparing for board meetings just give them a little bit of a flavor of what that's like each day <laughs> uh, <laughs> if that's it's, possible. it's a constant influx of information i will say that you know um typically by the time you know that i'm up and going and kids are out the door and i've had a chance to you know look at whether it's email or or text messages or phone calls or whatever there, there will be something uh, school system related um, before my first sip of coffee for sure, and and typically throughout the day, you know, there's something going on. Whether it's communication from our superintendent, or um, you know, communication from a parent in the district, mm-hmm. or maybe even outside the district, or um, even sometimes uh, communications from from employees, you know, and and then uh, I, I will say being board chair is is particularly more hectic. Um, Really, because uh, of of the amount of of information that you get, that's a little bit more than the typical board members. But then also, so many grants and, and authorizations and and things that you know need a signature, and that may not sound like that big a deal, but you know, I I take a lot of pride in in you know doing things well, and you know, you want to know what you're signing. It's got mm-hmm. your name on it. You know, and uh, so that that adds a level of stress. I think I, I just think there's a there's just kind of an elevated level of stress. You know, every day it's not um, overbearing. It's just it's a weight. It's mm-hmm. a weight. I, I just think it's a weight of responsibility that you just kind of have to become accustomed to. And and uh, but I, I will say, uh, as much as 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 that seems to be um, a, a stressor, our superintendent amazes me. You know, I, I'll I'll get an email from him at you know. You guys probably do too, but you know, it'd be thinking twelve thirty at night, <laughs> yeah, and then and then at like four forty-five, you know, the next day, there's something. I'm like, do you, do you sleep? You know, like, uh, it's crazy. It's crazy. Well, and and thinking about you know the partnership that you the board has with Dr. Johnson, and it it really is a cohesive team, and people can see that when they watch the board meetings. Think, talk to our listeners about the last year. We we've discussed it almost ad nauseum you know, the unprecedented nature of the last year with COVID-19 and how it's impacted our school operations. And, you know, it's yet to be determined what the long-term impact on kids is going to be. But what are some of your reflections or things that stood out to you? I I think for me, uh, my wife and I talk about this all the time. You know, it's amazing to me how many people in our culture now are experts. Um, and, and I get it, I, I do get it, that um, we, we, we shouldn't 
just because someone has a uh, you know a couple of degrees or even even years of experience in a field that doesn't mean you just um, gobble up what they say like M and M's you know and and that's just the way it is that 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 we should you know be inquisitive about the information that we get but but it's I just think it's swung so far the other direction to where expertise and experience is so quickly dismissed. Um, and that's that's been the cha- to me it's been the challenging part you know uh with with this last year because it, because also with that you know uh, the medical community i think has been as divided as as any um other other field or area when we talk about the pandemic i mean you can find research and data to back up whatever narrative mm-hmm. or or whatever your flavor is you know and um that part's been that that's been tough um it's been tough. It's, it's, it's hard to know where to go and get um, solid info, you know. Um, everything, every, everything has to be filtered, you know. And uh, that, 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 to me, that's been the biggest part. That, listen, I, I think um, teachers have done a phenomenal, phenomenal job um, with what they've been asked to do. And uh, I hear people all the time, you know, this, this online learning or this, you know, that's not what they said it would be. What? Nobody's done it, you know. Nobody's done it to I mean, this with, level for this long. Yeah, yeah. With this age group, mm-hmm. you know, it's been done in higher ed uh, for a while. But you know, I'll give you a great example. We started talking about trying to find devices for K two. Well, immediately it was the immediate uh, reaction was okay. We gotta get more Chromebooks, you know, or 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 whatever we're using. Well, kindergartners don't use keyboards and mouses, <laughs> you know. And to be honest. Their teachers don't teach that way either. So it's not just an issue for the student. It is for the teacher. Okay, well, wait a minute. No, we're going to have to have some touch technology here, you know, some tablets, some, mm-hmm. you know. And it's just, it's it's not, it, it, even in an elementary school, it's vastly different. The way a first grader's day is going to be at home and online as opposed to a fourth or fifth grader. And and as a school board and and uh, as a district, we, we don't want to be at home, you know. Mm-hmm. We're not trying to be at home. We, but you know, just the way that we effectively try to educate, um, and I, I tell you, I, you know, we were talking earlier uh, about you know, you could write a book about a certain subject. Gosh, how many how many books are going to be written uh, about this last twelve months? And and I just think education's changed forever. Uh, and we can argue for good or bad, but it's it's definitely changed forever. Well, and and I think it's really important to always highlight for our listeners that you know the board and Dr. Johnson's team really took not not even a leap of faith. You know, you all put out the school reopening task force. Nobody had plans. Nobody wanted to be the first to do a plan, but our, our school board and our school district took that dive, and we were one of the only, if not the only, district of our size in this state to open in person, on time, without delay, and that's a big deal. Mm-hmm. And we're tracking this, been 88% of the school year with in-person instruction, which I think is is tremendous for what we've had to do. So as, we, as we're kind of getting to the close here, thinking about next year, what's one thing that you're really looking forward to for next school year? Well, you know, athletic background, I'm really looking forward to just showing up on a Friday night at a high school football game or, or uh, you know, going to uh, seeing the band play and, mm-hmm. and seeing just people be with other people and uh, just enjoying, uh, you know, community life again. 
whatever that whatever that looks like. So I, I'm really I'm looking forward to that. I, I think it's gonna. I, you know, last spring you know had that shut down, and then our our little youth league that's uh, close to or in our community, East Brainerd, actually had about a little three or four week season, and it was amazing um, to just see the. the the typical issues you deal with in a youth league setting, you know, they just weren't there. Everybody was just so happy to be just ready. at a ball yeah. field, you know, and, and hey, nobody cared who won or lost. And kids were, man, can we go get a can we go get a drink at the concession and hang out with our no people weren't going home after the game. They were hanging out, you know, kids yeah. were over there running around on the field. I don't know, it was it was neat. It was neat to see that. And, you know, we've been able to to get closer back to that, uh, even through this school year, the ups and downs. But I I'm just looking forward to that. Yeah, after a year of disruption, a year of community sounds amazing, I mm-hmm. think, for most of us. And here, here's the last question. We always like to end on this question. Who is your favorite teacher or a teacher that really had an impact on you, and, and how does that impact still live with you today? Yeah, I, I don't know. I've had so many. I really have. I grew up um, in, a, in a family of teachers, and um, but I, I would say there, there's, there's a couple individuals just off the top of hand um, – one, my high school baseball coach literally coached me from the time I was about eight until I graduated. His son and I were the same age. And so he was just a, a big influence, just a, a kind man um, and uh, always encouraging. And he uh, was a good coach. Um, he, he really was. And he could be firm when he needed to be, but just an encouraging guy. He would, he would draw you close and, and really um, I respected him a ton. Richard Lockery was a junior high teacher that I had, and I still see him from time to time out at different places. And uh, one of the things I remember about him was when he wanted to make a point in class, something he he wanted to make sure that you remembered, he would jump up on top of the desk <laughs> and he would stand on the desk. And, and I'm telling you, I mean, I, you can that, still see that, it. Oh God, that was 35 years ago. You know, yeah. and I'm sitting here going, I could, and I, and I even told him, I saw him at a Panera Bread here back during the winter, and I said, Mr. Locker, you, you know, and I told he just kind of chuckled and, uh, about that. And then Charlie Goss was a uh, guy's now passed that I taught and coached with when I first started, and uh, he's, uh, folks from Eastridge know exactly who Charlie Goss is, and um, he's an Eastridge legend, a high school wrestling champion, heavyweight, but he was really short guy, um, but he was heavyweight. Mm-hmm. Um, he was as wide as he was tall. Um, the kids loved him, um, and that guy, I mean, I, I, I watched him bark, I, I mean, bark at kids and just uh, get all over them, and they just, they would come running back like pups, you know, they just <laughs> loved him. I mean, they absolutely loved him, and, um, and, and what I found out later on, the longer I was with him was, he was so crusty at practice and, and during the school day, but how many of those kids after the fact, after hours that he was buying clothes for and feeding Mm -hmm. and taking care of and even had some, uh, I believe, foster kids. Um, His wife, Carol, um, was retired in the system, was last principal at Tyner Academy, but just a phenomenal guy. I loved working with that guy and and just, um, again, seeing, hey, man, it's okay to to be pretty demanding Mm -hmm. and and, and expect excellence um, but you got to come back on the backside too, and you got to level them up. So that's right. Um, well, we appreciate you taking time to chat with us, and uh, thank you for joining us for today's episode of Extra Credit, a podcast that connects you with what's happening in Hamilton County Schools and answers your most pressing questions. Be sure to join us next time as we kick off the 2021 2022 school year with an HCS teacher. 
And don't forget to send any questions you have about Hamilton County Schools to communications at hcde.org. Have a great day, and remember, we are Hamilton.